This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Your Money on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. Happy New Year. You're listening to Your Money, Series XM, Channel 132, Business Radio that's powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Kent Smether. It's a professor at the Wharton School in Philadelphia. We're still taping these interviews uh, as, as it's not safe yet to return to the studio or taking live calls at this point. So in the meantime, if you want to uh, find uh, the only advisor that I like, you can go to my website, kentonmoney.com, and I have a large and growing list um, there of uh, fee-only advisors that I have pre-screened uh, for you. Again, that's kentonmoney.com. So a second round of stimulus checks was approved over the holidays by Congress, uh, but not everyone's receiving money the first time, maybe is eligible for the second round. Um, So we're gonna try to break it all down to figure out if you're eligible this time around. Uh, With me coming back to the show is Lori Connish, who is a reporter covering personal finance at CNBC.com. Before then, she was working as editor of investment news as well as uh, on Wall Street covering issues uh, related to financial advisors and their clients. Welcome back to the show, Lori. Thank you. Great to be here. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. And so, uh, so Lori, just briefly describe the stimulus uh, checks, the package that was approved, and what does it include? Yeah, so we have now a $900 billion package that includes um, you know, a host of measures aimed at helping Americans weather the coronavirus pandemic. So this includes you know, the extra $300 per week in federal unemployment benefits through March, programs that extended the number of weeks of unemployment benefits, or which made freelance and gig workers eligible for those benefits were also renewed. Um, We see more loans for small businesses, uh, rental assistance, and the eviction moratorium has been extended. Uh, Supplemental nutrition assistance program benefits have also been increased. So those are, are, uh, you know, things that I'm sure people who are out there and are suffering are looking forward to. But of course, we also see the second round of stimulus checks. This time, however, they're reduced. So it's up to $600 per individual or $1,200 per married couple filing jointly, or as well as $600 per child under 17. Yeah. And so it's certainly in some places of the country, you know, $600 per essentially member of the family, you know, uh, husband and wife with one child, you know, that's you know, 1800 bucks, not bad money, but at the same time, as you wrote a piece recently saying, you know, that money may not even cover one month's rent in, you know, most areas of the country. So, so talk about how did lawmakers arrive at that amount? Well, it took a while. <laughs> I've yeah. been writing about the possibility of second stimulus checks since May when the House first passed the HEROES Act. And, you know, at times there was more consensus for second $1,200 checks. And then as time went by, 
there was more of an emphasis on keeping the package below a certain number. Republicans in particular were very concerned about the level of spending that, you know, has been taken on at this point and the burden that's going to result for people later on down the road. So, um, you know, they tried to keep it under $1 trillion, And as a result, they kind of cut these stimulus checks down to 600, which reduced the spending to about 166 billion on those checks rather than about 300 billion that we saw with the CARES Act checks. Right. And the other money going to things like extensive unemployment insurance and so forth. And, you know, it's, 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 Kind of, you know, kind of amusing when you go to a store and it's nine ninety nine instead of a, you know ten dollars. We all know it's ten dollars. It's pretty amazing when you see this in policy, where it's like, oh, no, no, we we gotta avoid the magic round number of you know one trillion dollars. Uh, not exactly optimal policy making, but nonetheless, um, let's talk about eligibility uh, in your piece as well. You you, you talk about obviously they they have to. They're trying to avoid the magic number of $1 trillion. So there are some people who are not eligible this time around, even though they were the first time. Talk a little bit about that. Well, they kept a lot of the language from the CARES Act the same. So it's mm-hmm. the same income thresholds up to you know $75,000 per individual or $150,000 per married couple getting full payments. But what happens is, is that it phases out for income above those levels at the same rate. But because it's just $600, that only goes, you know, so far, it's lower thresholds. So um, up to 87,000 in income for individuals or 174,000 per couple will not see the reduced or those people will see the reduced payments, that's where it caps. So that was higher for the CARES Act payments, up to 99000 for individuals or 198000 for married couples who file jointly. So as a result, fewer people will get the reduced payment. Um, at the same time, these stimulus checks are based on just 2019 returns. So if you got um, if you were a student, for example, in 2018, and you um, then were working in 2019, but your stimulus payment was based on 2018, you may have seen a higher payment, and then this year, this time around, might not get qualified for as much. Right. And, you know, you could also imagine you say, well, gee, you know, some of these making $150,000, $170,000 a year, why do they need the money? But that's not this year's income, as you point out. That's it's still last year's income. And it may be the case that this year their income is much, much lower. So if you if someone feels like they, you know, should have gotten a check by now, you know, direct deposit, they haven't, well, you know, what can they do about it? Well, that's an interesting question because last time we saw it took months for all of the payments to go out and still there are people who haven't received payments. So if you haven't received a payment yet of the the second $600 check, it's not a real red flag at this point because they're still getting out the direct payments and just sending out the mail payments, which will be either by check or by debit card. 
what the IRS is really urging people this time around, because it's so close to tax time, is that if you feel that you are eligible for a payment because you know you, you haven't received either the first or the second, or because your income dramatically changed in 2020, to file your tax returns as early as possible where you can get a credit for the stimulus payment that you're due. Mm, that's, a, that's an interesting insight. And speaking of the IRS, they've given some warnings in the past about scammers and in particular, wherever money is being mailed and floated around, there's always going to be scammers. You just posted an article a couple of hours ago about this scammers, you know, what's going on there and what should people be, you know, what are some flags that people should be concerned about uh, to, to see if, you know, maybe they're getting scammed. I think people are so eager now for the stimulus checks. And what's happening is, is there are scammers who are texting people, you know, it, you, there's a, you know, direct deposit waiting for you. Just text us, you know, some personal information. And what the IRS has said about this is they want people to be aware that this is going on, but they also want people to know that the IRS doesn't really reach out to people in that way. They're never going to, you know, make some kind of unsolicited call or text or email to you to demand information or threaten you in any way, which is oftentimes what these scammers do in order to get, you know, your personal financial information. Right. And you know, I remember a couple of years ago, having a super nervous PhD student, uh, the day of his defense was contacted by the IRS demanding $10,000 in payment and lots of other information. I did. It, it was from China. So it, they were often victims because their resumes are online. So easier for scammers to get their cell phone numbers and Gmail accounts and Wharton email accounts. I explained to him, it's a scam. <laughs> and so uh, these scammers are, you know, there's there's nothing that stops them. So, you know, let's now shift gears to talk about this third potential stimulus. Obviously, President Trump wanted a bigger amount. He begrudgingly finally signed the $600 uh, direct payment. He wants something maybe closer to $2,000 in you know, checks. What do we, what's your kind of, um, you know, your ear on the pavement hearing, you know, the sense of what's going on in DC right now? Do you think $2,000 checks are in the works? It seems like that can easily pass the house. What do you think about that happening before the Biden administration, after the Biden administration? What I'm hearing is it, it would be more likely after Biden's inauguration. He has said that he, you know, sided with the senators who were backing the $2,000 checks and then has also said that he wants to, you know, put together another stimulus package together, which would include direct payments, although he didn't say exactly how much. Um, I know that Senator Bernie Sanders said last week that he would expect direct payments to be part of a, a new administration's package as well. The problem is, you know, there are people who really, you know, politicians on the Hill who really don't want $2,000 checks and have made that clear. We saw that playing out last week as well. So what it would really depend on is how much of a need there is in the economy at that point um, for both sides of the aisle to really agree on a package and to also agree on, you know, much more generous checks. We saw a fight for even 
$1,200 second checks that didn't go anywhere this time. So 2000 would really be a much more generous amount, seeing that we just got 600 this time. Yeah, and it's certainly, you know, um, during these challenging times, people often will be dismissive of the debt that's been accumulated and so forth, focus on the short run. But of course, there is a long run cost to all this um, in the form of higher debt as well. So it's certainly two sides to this debate. So fantastic work. Uh, once again, Laurie, uh, thanks so much for coming back on the show. It's great talking with you. Great talking with you. Thanks so much. And you can hear more about Lori in her terrific work. It's simply going to the cnbc.com website. Again, that's Lori Kanish. And you can also follow her on Twitter. And she's at Lori, that's L-O-R-I-E Kanish, which is K-O-N-I-S-H. And I'm Kent Smith, your money. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 